0: As I mentioned earlier, next Sunday, we will celebrate the epiphany of our Lord. Another word for that is theophany. Uh, But it's also um, the baptism of our Lord. The one is the revealing of Christ to the Gentiles. The other is the baptism of the Lord. And the baptism of of the Lord is such a significant event that this is an event that appears in all four Gospels of the Bible. It narrates the debut of Jesus into his ministry. It's the inauguration of Jesus into his ministry, his coming out party, his grand opening. And that really makes it powerful to think about. It's an unusual story because depending on what we think about baptism today, uh, there's a little confusion. There doesn't seem to be any reason for Jesus to be baptized, does it? He's the divine one. And I think today's confusion about baptism comes from a variety of, of, of the, uh, other ends of the spectrum. When I talk to people about baptism, I sometimes uh, am told that that's uh, done for us for the forgiveness of sins. Well, no, that's, that's not entirely accurate. Uh, that was done for us at the foot of a cross 2,000 years ago. Uh Some people think it's an event that makes one a Christian. Well, no, that comes from inside of us. That comes from the heart. Uh, Baptism uh, is something that we almost grow into. We come to understand better. For me, it was in 2002 before I really understood what baptism was about. It was in Disciple 1 with Reverend Dr. Warren Otter here who made scripture come alive. He's been a mentor of mine and a close friend for many years. And uh, that's where I learned about baptism, 2002, 15 years ago. Think of the old and familiar story of the drunk who stumbled upon a baptismal service one Sunday afternoon back in the day in the Deep South. Was down at a river, preacher was standing in the river, And this guy walked down in the water and, totally inebriated, stood next to the preacher. The minister turned and noticed the old drunk in his state and said, Mr., are you ready to find Jesus? And the old drunk said, Yes, pastor, I am. Pastor took him, dunked him into the river, pulled him back up, And said, Have you found Jesus yet? The old drunk said, Nope, sure haven't, Pastor. So the minister took the guy again and dunked him down in the river, held him under for a few seconds, pulled him back up and said, Have you found Jesus? The old drunk said, No, I haven't, Pastor. Finally, the pastor, frustrated, took the old drunk and held him under the water for about 30 seconds. Pulled him up, wheezing and choking and coughing. Said, mister, have you found Jesus now? And the old drunk said, no, are you sure this is where he fell in? (laughs) But baptism isn't really where you find Jesus. It's what you come to understand after you have found him. But that doesn't answer the question yet, why would Jesus... Want to be baptized. And I think it's important that we realize that John, John the Baptist, his cousin, didn't come up with baptism, this baptism idea on his own. God often gives us signals that say, stop and listen. This is a very important event. This is full of meaning and significance for you, for all of you that have eyes to see and ears to hear. So we have two key people here. We have John the Baptist and Jesus. And John's ministry, as we know, was to prepare the way for the Messiah. Now, God had always provided a a deliverer for the Israelites, for the Jews, people like Moses and David in their history. There was great anticipating for the next coming of a deliverer at this time. This was an occupied nation by an oppressive government, the Romans. And John says what has to be said, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because if you know your biblical history, the people had turned their hearts hard against God. And John was trying to turn them back to God in order to experience deliverance. And baptism was a method by which he did this. The occupation by a foreign conqueror is what God did to the Israelites in order to get their attention. John uniquely adapts a practice of his day, a common practice, to teach his people about three things. And I hope when you leave today that you go away with these three things in your mind. Humility, commitment, and identification. Humility, commitment, and identification. So John protests to Jesus why he has come for baptism. Why would he have to? And Jesus answered him, this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. It was the way that Jesus would come to us, not in his divinity, but in his humanness. So John finally baptizes Jesus. Jesus humbles himself to do what God has asked of him. It's a matter of obedience to God. Jesus does this because God requires it. He lived a life of complete obedience to God. That's what we can say about Jesus and certainly not about ourselves. And his baptism in Christ, to be born again as God's child, a member of the body of Christ and an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven I think it is each one of our birthdays and baptisms amounts to an ever expanding Christ as we know him today among us Christ does this in the fellowship of a congregation Christ takes on appearances new and fresh he has done so through members of this congregation both those that are with us now and the saints that have gone before us, and he will continue to make himself known. So although equal to the Father, Father God in his divine uh, dignity, Christ takes on human likeness, and this was how he did it. He is born in our need so that we may be forever free. He insists on being baptized in order to humble himself, to take on humanness, to commit himself to God's direction for his life and his ministry and to identify with us is humanness. This is the mind of Christ, his intention, that takes him from heaven to earth, from the manger to the cross, and from the shame and horror of crucifixion to the darkness of a tomb And finally, to the triumph of a throne. Please know this. It all hinges on surrender, emptiness, willing to let go of everything, absolutely everything, even existence itself. This is the mind of Christ. This is what we embrace as we live the baptismal life and what we'll celebrate next weekend. We must come out of ourselves, let go of our egos. The Greeks have a word for it, kenosis. I learned that in school. The Greeks have a word for it, this emptying. It's kenosis. When we have a hand in baptizing anyone here in the church, then we are making new again our own commitment to accepting Christ's mind as our own we as a congregation make the pledge that we will nurture that person, infant or adult, that we will walk beside them, that we will help them to grow in the faith. We are committing ourselves as well, you see, for the newly baptized to gain that same thought process that Christ had. Through baptism and every other liturgy in the church, we announce that death and resurrection is the pattern that takes us to life that is truly life. And so we say no to power and no to acquisition and no to blind and arrogant knowledge and no to anything else insofar as they may seem like ways to life. There is a sense in which any place where people live on this earth is a cavalry. A Golgotha, a place of crucifixion. Look at the war-torn societies of Iraq and Afghanistan. Consider American families driven from their, their homes by a combination of bad judgment, immoral governance, and greed. The globe remains like a cavalry in many people's minds. A Golgotha, a place of crucifixion. And yet we know as Christians that the world's last night will give way to the dawning of the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, the Son of Righteousness, a day of daylight so very resplendent and glorious. As Christians, we believe this, and we believe in it even more deeply of Christ, in his self-emptying, in his baptism, and it plays out yet again, and this time in the midst of our own lives. We believe in the glory yet to be revealed, the life that truly leads to life. Because death and resurrection, death and resurrection, have become the essence of our very being and have proven themselves true in circumstances that we've all experienced. This was also a baptism of commitment. This began Jesus' ministry that would eventually lead to the cross. He knew where this thing was headed. For three and a half years, Jesus did his thing, and it ended with crucifixion. This baptismal inauguration began that process. It was a commitment to God's plan and to you and me. Finally, Jesus' baptism was a baptism of identification he not only affirmed John's ministry and identity, but also his ministry and identity with us, the people he'd come to save. There are incredible benefits to following Jesus, and we know some of them. Unreserved acceptance, limitless love, God's unmerited favor, grace, forgiveness for all of our sins, our purpose in life. But following Christ is more than benefits, it also entails responsibility, and that's the commitment piece. The sheer essence of Christianity has to do with humility, commitment, and identification, the purpose of Christ's baptism. Jesus' baptism was about humility, commitment, and identification. And the baptisms we perform today are about humility, commitment and identification it's an act of humble obedience to Jesus after all it was he that once said go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and remember that I'm with you always even to the end of the age that's a commitment The expectation level for we Christians goes way up. People will expect you to walk the talk. We're identified with Christ, and just like that, he was baptized to identify with us. We are baptized to identify with him. And as he was immersed in the river, he was buried in the water, so to speak, and then rose again. And guess what? We symbolically get buried in the water, and we rise again. Our identification piece. You remember what happened when Jesus came up out of the water? It's a familiar story, Matthew 3. After Jesus was baptized, he came up immediately from the water. And the heavens suddenly opened for him, and the Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. And there came a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Humility, obedience, and commitment. Those three things to God and identification with God always leads to affirmation. Always. Thanks be to God.